Hi everyone, I'm Rick Cox, and this is another Clinically Pressed Leadership Insight. Today, uh, I want to uh, do something a little bit different than I've done in the past, uh, the last few. I want to talk about something that is important to me that I've been practicing recently, and that's this, this idea of stoicism. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about it, I want to give you an intro to it, and I want to discuss how stoicism can be applied to leadership. So what is Stoicism? Stoicism is a school of ancient philosophy that was begun in the 4th century BC by, uh, by a man named Zeno, and I'll get into his story in a little bit. Uh, but before I get really, really into it, I want to discuss an important distinction, and that is this idea of uppercase Stoicism and lowercase Stoicism. So when we think of the word Stoic and we think of someone who is what we would refer to as Stoic, oftentimes we think of them as uh, potentially unfeeling, lacking emotion, and, and, and maybe being cold-hearted. But when you really learn about this philosophy of Stoicism, those that practice it, those Stoics, are, are often anything but uh, unfeeling. So why do we call it Stoicism if it's not at all related to what we know as, as, as this word Stoic? Well, it comes from uh, the root word Stoapoikal, which translates to painted porch. And this is where the founder of Stoicism and his, and his disciples would often gather to have these philosophical discussions around the principles contained within Stoicism. And actually the ruins uh, are, are apparently still there. And you can go and you can actually look at the original Stoapoikal, the painted porch where Zeno and his students and his disciples would, would come together and have these, these philosophical discussions. So who is Zeno? Zeno is the founder of Stoicism. He lived from 334 BC to 262 BC. And he was, he was a member of a, of, a, of a wealthy family and he was a merchant that sold purple dye. And purple was an important color uh, back in ancient Rome, ancient Athens, uh, because only royals wore purple. And the reason is that dye was made from blood extracted from sea snails and this was a very painstaking process often done by slaves and it, it and since since the process was so challenging and it was challenging to procure it it, it made it very expensive and often could only be uh, could only be afforded by royals so that's why um, you know centuries ago only royals wore purple because they were the only ones that could afford to die and so uh, so Zeno he was he was carrying uh, a ship full of this purple dye, and he was shipwrecked off the coast of Athens, losing all of the dye that he was transporting. He ended up uh, at a bookshop, where the bookshop but the bookseller was actually reading uh, Socrates, and which which transformed Zeno, and it made him realize that he wanted to become a philosopher. So he asked. The bookseller, where can I find a man like that? He was looking for his own Socrates, an actual living person to learn from. And just so happens, as the as the tale goes, that Crates of Thebes was walking by. Crates was a uh, was a well known philosopher in Athens at the time. And Zeno, he went and he 
basically followed him around and he learned his philosophical ideas and he he studied him and he basically used that schooling to create stoicism which was his own uh his own philosophical school so now that we know how it started uh what is it right what are the principles uh and the four main virtues of stoicism are courage justice wisdom and temperance, which is also known as moderation. And these are things that uh, a practicing Stoic works into their daily lives in all aspects of their lives. And it, they, these are just things that I think as human beings, we should definitely be working to, uh, to practice all over. Um, courage, justice, wisdom, and moderation, these things are, are things that will improve our, improve our lives tremendously. So those are the virtues. I want to give you three Stoic philosophical ideas. The first one being memento mori, which is a Latin phrase meaning, remember you must die. And this, this you know, it sounds pretty morbid, but really when you look at it, it just makes you realize how little time you have on earth right and the sort of the phrase that's often associated with memento mori is you could leave life right now let that determine what you do and say and think and it's basically just recognizing that death is inevitable and you should use the time you have on earth to the absolute fullest so stoics will often view each day not as a day lived but as a day that we have died which again sounds morbid, but it's really a way to sort of reframe how you look at life and uh, allow us to really view life as precious, view life as finite, and use the limited amount we have to do good, to help others, to be of service, and uh, really just live life the best we can. And not not take it for granted. I think that's the biggest that's the biggest takeaway from it is you don't take it for granted because it's it's obviously it's not infinite. We know this. The second philosophical idea uh, associated with Stoicism is this idea of amor fati or a love of fate. And the way I like to look at this is look at challenges as opportunities. So. So something happened that was out of our control, and we, we, we would say, how can I use this to my advantage? What can I learn? How can I improve because of it? Um, so when something terrible happens to you, you have, you have a couple of options, right? You can complain, you can sulk, you can feel bad for yourself, or you can say, hey, this happened to me, and I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to make myself better. And I'm gonna know for if something if this thing happens the next time I know that I can I can overcome, and I can and I can be good. Uh, and so this 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 other going along with this is this idea that you can't control what happens, you can only control how you respond, which is something that I've even even before I really studied stoicism, I think I kind of intuitively practice this and recognize this in my own life and uh it comes down to you know you don't uh, basically that's exactly what it is things happen that are outside of your control you can't help that but how you respond 
is the most important thing. And that's all that you really have control over. Um, and I really like this idea of others cannot make you upset. They can't make you annoyed, etc. You allow yourself to feel that way. Now, they may have done something. Excuse me. They may have done something that would make you annoyed, would make you upset, but they can't force you to feel a certain way. And that doesn't mean that you can't get upset or annoyed. I get upset and I get annoyed just like anybody. But really when you recognize that you are allowing yourself to feel this way, you can oftentimes override that emotion and you kind of go back to it as, okay, this person made me feel this negative emotion. What have I learned? How can I improve? And how can I make, how can I take advantage of that particular situation? The next would be uh, premeditatio malorum, or uh, what's often called the premeditation of evils. And this is where you picture things going wrong. You picture things, these terrible things that happen. Um, and then it sounds terrible, sounds morbid again, just like a memento mori. But really what it comes down to is things that happen usually aren't as bad as the way that we imagine them. Um, and what it does is it helps us prepare for inevitable setbacks because obviously no life is perfect. Things are going to happen to us that we wish didn't happen. But if we have imagined these things happening and we, we have we've made ourselves aware that these things can happen, we are, we're more prepared. Um, and yet we steal ourselves and we make ourselves a little bit more resilient. So when these eventualities occur... We can really rise up and overcome them because we've pictured them, we recognize that they could happen, and we've oftentimes thought out, what if, I, if this did happen to me, how would I respond? And I think this is oftentimes where it applies to athletic training because we have our emergency action plans, we practice our emergency action plans. Oftentimes I've, I've, heard, I've seen on social media athletic trainers talking about, you know, using the the certain times in the game, usually the national anthem or something, to go over the EAPs in their mind, picture uh, a terrible injury or something happening and how exactly they're going to respond when that, that, that injury occurs. So I really like that, how premeditation malorum can directly relate to athletic training. And um, so when you look at stoicism, you know, the people who studied it, there's really, um, who are, sometimes referred to as the big three, and those would be Epictetus, Seneca, and uh, Marcus Aurelius. And Marcus Aurelius is probably the most well-known of the Stoics. He was the emperor of Rome. Uh, if you've seen the movie Gladiator, he was a, a pretty prominent character in the beginning of that. And he is uh, he's someone that's very, very often quoted his 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 personal journal uh, was published, and it's called Meditations, and it's widely read all over the world. There's there's countless translations. There's there's uh there's lots of people that have used meditations to to improve their lives. And he was basically he was writing to himself on a daily basis. And he was and what's what's really interesting is he was uh, Marcus Aurelius lived during the Antonine Plague which was, you know, it was a pandemic, just like we've, we've been going through for the past year plus. And he, he was writing these things. And, and you know, for, for him, the Antonine Plague lasted for 15 years. So it, 
it's one of these things if we can if we can look at him and see how he lived and how he and how he made the best of it when he was going through a 15 year plague we can maybe use some of these ideas to to help ourselves get through our current pandemic but uh it, it wasn't it's not just practiced by by those by people who were who were lived centuries ago there are contemporary athletes, CEOs, film stars, military leaders that have all embraced Stoicism to really help themselves improve their lives, be better at their jobs, and leave a, a really big impact on the world. So where would you start if you wanted to learn more about Stoicism? Uh, a lot of people say go right to the source material, read meditations, read uh, discourses by Epictetus, read letters from a Stoic by Seneca. And while I think these are all great and I've, I've, I have all of these sources and I read them regularly, it, they can be really challenging to actually read and get through. They're translated. Um, they had a kind of a different way of speaking and they can be really challenging to consume, especially on the first try. And they're definitely not made for a single kind of cover to cover read it's definitely something you have to go back and you have to read it multiple times you have to you have to think about it you have to write about it you have to take these notes and recognize hey these principles are really important they can help me so instead of necessarily going straight to the source material if you're brand new to it uh, I would recommend The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday um, he's a guy who's who's really He's made Stoicism, brought it into the mainstream, and he has a great, uh, he has books, he has podcasts, he has a YouTube channel where he breaks down a lot of these Stoic principles and he makes it accessible for, for those of us today. And I think that's just probably the best place to start is go to Daily Stoic on YouTube, uh, download, the, download the podcast. You know, they're generally, he has a daily, it's daily just like daily stoic so and they're generally 3 to 4 minutes long and he ha- and he just has these these this, these contemporary discussions about these uh these philosophical ideas where it applies to leadership you know i think uh the four virtues are things that any leader should work to incorporate into their leadership st- style and philosophy uh, anyone that chooses to practice courage wisdom justice and temperance uh, you're you're going to be a better leader if you actively choose to incorporate these principles into your daily life. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Leadership Insights. Uh, let me know what you think about this topic. I it's something that's near and dear to me. It's something that I that I that I'm learning about on a regular basis. It's something I read about all the time, and I'm definitely interested in making it a series and uh, potentially expanding. On some of these different ideas and virtues uh, in the in the in the area of stoicism, so uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I, I I'm definitely interested in doing more. So thank you for listening, and as always, keep developing that leadership ability.